Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men podcast with me, Alan. And me, Gary. Uh, the format of this podcast is we both go away, think about a subject, do very little research. And talk about it. <laughs> yeah. As we find out, we're doing less and less research as it goes on. But it's just, we just come across stories that interest us. So without further ado, over to Gary. Yeah. So my subject is all about beer. Uh, because you know we do sample a little bit. Yes, we do occasion. We do occasionally have a small, small half. Yes. Well, yeah. Snifter. Yeah, just for experimental purposes. Of course, and medicinal. you know to support Sorry, the medicinal. local economy. Oh yeah, medicinal purposes and support the local economy. Yes. Yeah, because you know without us, because we're philanthropists. Yeah. Whatever that word is. <laughs> Easy for you to say. I couldn't. <laughs> so how? old do you think beer is? What do you think is, uh, how long ago and where do you think beer first appeared? I'm going to have a guess. I know the Egyptians did it and the the Egyptians brewed a lot of beer and they actually paid wages in beer. Mm. Um, So I'm going to go back to 5,000 BC, 7,000 years ago. Yeah, I got it on the nail. Did I? According to my research anyway. Yeah, all right, well, you know. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, 7,000 years ago in Iran, of all places. Oh, no, I would have put it down to the Egyptians, but what I was trying to do was go through my brain and remember when the first kingdom of the Egyptians was, and I couldn't remember, but I just seem to remember, like, the pyramids were, like, 3,000 BC, and they'd been going around for a while, so I added two. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a pretty good... Educated guess. Yeah, we'll give you that. <clears throat> so, um, apparently there's a, an old Sumerian poem, which is about 3,900 years old, and uh, this has a, a, a recipe in it for making beer. Perfect. But, th- but this is um, not like beer that you can just swill down. This has a lot of big ingredients in it, so you have to suck it through a straw, apparently. Yeah, you couldn't swig it back because it was just full of stuff. <laughs> oh, right. So, oh, you strained it out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I was really confused, though. Yeah. Doesn't sucking alcohol through a straw get you drunk quicker? Well, yeah. Apparently. So, yeah. Or is that an urban myth? Well, I don't know. It might be, have to be investigated a bit further. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go for it next next Friday. Right, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, the... The uh, oh, the god of beer, the god of beer is called uh, Ninkasi, if I've said that right, goodness knows. Uh, and Male the, or female? Female. Wow, well, you know. <laughs> beer glasses. <laughs> Had to be, really. But interesting, interestingly enough, the uh, her father was uh, uh, king of Uruk, apparently, and the mother was high I don't, that's what, now that's why I don't go off and get them subjects because there's all them words I can't say. You know, I'm subtle enough with English as it is, but. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he was uh, uh, called Enki, and he was a Sumerian god of water, strange enough. So, right. you know. And then the mother was a high priestess of uh, Inanna, in, 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 and she okay. was goddess of living. So, you know, living, water, beer. You know, there's like a theme going on there. Yeah, so she's the high priestess of Inanna, who was the goddess of procreation. All right, so you got drunk. Didn't, couldn't, got the beer goggles on. (laughs) And there you go. Yeah, so there's a a whole connection there. 
uh, with uh, getting drunk, using the water, getting drunk, and you know, beer goggles, as you say. So uh, yeah, it was. Um, I say it was. It was an unfiltered mixture, <clears throat> which had grapes, honey, and uh, formed like a gruel. Sounds like mead, doesn't it? Wine, yeah. a meady wine. Yeah, well, it's, I, I can imagine it was all uh, by accident. Um, yeah, all the the grapes fermented. Yeah, because it was all in the bucket. I had to watch a program on it. It was something like you know, uh, these ingredients just left in the bucket. It's all fermenting away. And why some dude thought, well, drinking this might be a good idea. I don't know. Maybe it was really thirsty. It was not. Oh, look at that, just bubbling away. Well, damn, there's nothing else. I mean, somebody like you. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what custard tastes like on a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This is uh, for those who don't know. That is one of Gary's experiments from the past. Yes, custard sandwiches, uh, beans and custard sandwiches. Yes, that's uh, yeah. it's a winner, by the way. So yes, that might be. Like I, I ate it. It was quite good. I'd I'd, I'd buy it in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be the subject of our next podcast. But you know, uh, <clears throat> so I know this might have been a two-part uh, thing, but because it's on beer, I'm just going to continue. With a present day, uh, which is Brew Dog, which is our yeah. local brewery in in the town in town of Ellen, uh, who have now gone worldwide. Uh, they started in Fraserburgh in two thousand seven, and in, by two thousand ten they've got the first bar in Aberdeen. By eight years later, they've got fifty bars in the UK and twenty four worldwide. Why? That's just in eight years. Uh, it's growing, isn't it? It is. <clears throat> in 2016, they opened, uh, they made the recipe open source, so anybody could make. Well, they've got obviously got lots of recipes, lots of flavors, uh, but they made it open to the public. Yeah, I think that's going to be subject to a future vlog, probably. Yeah, anyway. I was thinking about making beer again. Yeah. I might drink it this time as well. <laughs> oh, make some brew dog. Yeah, I might do actually. I'm not going to go and buy. One of the packs because I think they're overpriced. Mm. You know, the self a homebrew kit from Brewdog is, I believe, extortion. Mm. You know, it's actually cheaper to go with a barrel to the to the brewery and buy it. <laughs> yeah, know, from the tap. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, one of the things I didn't know, I'm not sure whether you know, uh, uh, the Adon Video Service Network. No, I didn't. It was didn't aired on Esquire on the Esquire network between two thousand thirteen and two thousand fifteen. So Breedog TV. Yeah. Ah, I've not seen that. So they had uh, uh, lots of different shows, all related to some level uh, beer. around beer. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that was four ninety nine, four ninety nine dollars. So it's not a UK. Five dollars. Yeah, yeah, five dollars a month. Uh, in 2018, they did a, like a publicity stunt and they did a beer porn sort of website, <laughs> which upset a lot of people, apparently. Mm, it's uh, just upset me, I never knew about it. <laughs> but it gets people going and it gets, it's like free advertising and you can, you know, yeah, start people talking about it. It's like that uh, failed one they did with the, for the Woman's Day, I can't remember what they did. Oh, yeah. Uh, it didn't go down very well, did it? No, no. Uh, everybody fell out with them. Because <laughs> yeah, women can have a drink too or something like that, it said. Something like that, I can't remember. I don't think it was done in... in. 
Malice. Oh, malice, it was just like bad, badly thought out. Well, they are good to the workers and the, uh, you know, the, you can have time off if you get a new dog and stuff like that. What? Yeah. So, uh... Time off if you... If you, if you get a dog, you get time off. Probably getting a dog a week. <laughs> There's probably a limit. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and they get to take on some of their uh, stuff. As a, an allowance. Yes, I know. I must admit that I have benefited from that through yourself. Yeah. Through, yeah. through your son-in-law. Yeah. And they do uh, put a lot of uh, uh, money back into the community. Uh, and they are... Cons- uh, what's the word? I forget what the word is. Uh, Very rich people. Socially... Social... Socially conscious. Yeah. Conscious... Con- to do good things. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So, um, yeah, that was... Okay. Now, moving on from that, obviously, once you've been to the brewery and you've drunk all that beer, how do you get home? Ah, good, yeah. good question. Yeah, well, driverless bus, buses have been trialled in the UK. Ah. Okay, Stagecoach driverless bus system uses multiple sensors such as radar, optical cameras and ultrasound to detect and avoid objects. Okay, the UK first full-size bus, sorry, bus, I can't, I, <laughs> my actual, actual accent is buzz, so but I can't, nobody will understand what I'm talking about, I think I'm going on about bees or something. Yeah, some kind of buzzing. Yeah. Made from uh, the technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the first full-size bus with driverless technology has been trialled in, in one of the UK's biggest transport firms, which is Stagecoach. Uh Stagecoach says the driverless bus will use autonomous functions to move around a depot in Manchester. All um, right, so it's not yeah. coming out of the depot and giving no, people No, no, it's just been... They're uh, just experimenting it. The system <coughs> uses multiple sensors, such as radio, optical cameras and ultrasound, to plan a path for the vehicle while, the, uh, while detecting and avoiding objects. I've always thought about that. You can imagine the night bus... It's not going to get anywhere because people are just going to stand in front of it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I can imagine, I can just see it now. And it, anyway, it's hoped it could provide future benefits during passenger journeys, such as providing a warning when cyclists or pedestrians may be in a blind spot. So, less chance of running, more chance of running drunks over and less chance of running cyclists over. Mm. Okay, the pilot scheme, the bus pilot scheme, existing rules mean a driver must remain on board and the bus, they're on board the bus at all times during the trial. Although the UK is in the process of updating its regulations around driverless vehicles. So, yeah, I've seen some of that. I actually, I'm looking forward to this, me, driverless vehicles. Not for the the social social side of it, all these people will be out of work. Mm -hmm. As long as... They don't just put them out of work and don't look after them. The state's got to step in. They're going to bring in all this technology and then the state needs to step in. Uh, how many times in the past did you hear, oh, by now, we'll all be people of leisure. We'll have nothing to do because all jobs will be automated. Well, for me, automate it all, please. <laughs> bring yeah. it on. Bring it on. <laughs> please hurry up. Yeah. If you Just look, pay, pay me for not going. <laughs> if you look back, it's always been the same, hasn't it? Uh, for instance, 
uh, as you and me well know, being machinists, and how everything was all manual machines, and it all went to CNC. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, it's all gonna. Nobody's gonna be able to work because all the machines are gonna be doing it all. But somebody's got to look after the machines, and and it. Well, in my in my experience, every time some, one of these technologies come out, you get another person sitting behind a computer. Yeah. You because know, well, we know from what some of the things we've done in the past and where I make a living at now, you know, sitting behind a computer doing what I used to do, standing behind a machine. Yeah. You know, so much easier standing behind a computer, sitting behind a computer, yeah, I must admit, because yeah. <laughs> machines are hard graft and yeah. the concentration levels are just phenomenal, aren't they? especially working a manual. Yeah. You know, you go home extremely exhausted, don't you? But yeah, so have we any dates of when these trials might be... Well, complete. they're trialling them now. I don't know when it's going to be complete uh, because I had it printed off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's our job to... Let me have a look. Let me have a look. The software being used in Manchester will form the basis of another pilot scheme next year that will involve five autonomous buses. The They will transport passengers between Edinburgh and Fife across the Ford Fourth Road Bridge corridor. Okay, so it's hoped it could provide future benefits during passenger journeys, such as, yeah, I've read that bit. So there you go, driverless buses. It's just like roads, you know, you don't get people just, well, you do get people just crossing over, but you have to be aware of vehicles going back and forwards. Yeah. And uh, there'll be certain rules uh, in the highway code that will be brought out, which... Might well, do you think that the actual computer system will follow that rule that if they don't look at you, you can't run them over? But if they look at you, you can run them over because they saw you coming. Well, they could, I'm fault. sure they could program that in. It was their fault they should have got out the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the rule I go by. If they don't look at me, I can't run them over. <laughs> but if they looked at you, you think, he's seen me, he knows I'm coming, he should get out of the way. Yeah, that's just fair. Yeah, yeah of course, you know. <laughs> Neither have run anybody over, ever. <laughs> Hopefully never, either. No. no. I've crashed the car a lot, but not into people. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, that was my subject. Yeah. So that's the end of our podcast for today. So that's a goodbye from me, Alan. And goodbye from me, Gary. Speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.